Hello and welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 292. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we are going to discuss the first two episodes of Star Trek Lower Decks, Second Contact, and Envoys. Star Trek Lower Decks, created by Mike McMahon, starring Tawny Newsom as Ensign Beckett Mariner, Jack Quaid as Ensign Brad Boimler, Noel Wells as Ensign Devana Tindy, Eugene Cordero as Ensign Sam Rutherford, Don Lewis as Captain Carol Freeman, Jerry O'Connell as Commander Jack Ransom, Fred Tadescore as Lieutenant Shax, and Gilliam Vigma as Dr. Tiana. Second Contact, Season 1, Episode 1, original release date, August 6, 2020, directed by Barry J. Kelly, written by Mike McMahon, guest cast include Jessica McKenna as Barnes and Cerritos Computer, Phil Lamar as Freeman and Lieutenant, Ben Rogers as Stevens, and Paul Shear as Andy Billups. Devon Tendi, an ensign who is new to Starfleet, arrives on USS Sorrentos and is immediately met by fellow ensigns Bradward Brad Bolmir and Beckett Mariner, who give her the full tour of the lower decks of the ship. After that, Bolmir is asked to meet with Captain Carol Freeman, specifically. Worried, Bolmir enters her office, where she tells him to keep an eye on Mariner, who has been acting up, getting drunk with Romulan's whiskey at work, so on and so on. But unbeknownst to Bolmir, Mariner is actually Freeman's daughter. Our specialty is second contact. Still pretty important. We get all the paperwork signed, make sure we're spelling the name of the planet right, get to know all the good places to eat. <gasps> oh my god, what are you doing? Uh, nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh just... no, oh no, 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 no. <gasps> are you pretending to do a captain's log? <laughs> we're all supposed to keep logs. Okay, let me listen to it. No, go away. <laughs> I can't believe you're no, wasting no. your shore leave on this. Privacy, please. Hey, time to go. Come on, get Privacy. Out of the closet. Let's go. Come on. All right, Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh, this is kind of an <laughs> experiment for us. The only other animated show we discussed, obviously, was the original uh, series, uh, animated, the animated series. And that was made at a very, very different time, 50 years ago. This show is obviously a lot more of a modern animated comedy. The dialogue is delivered incredibly fast. I mean, sometimes it sounds like... You know, like if you're listening to a podcast and you push the little button to like do like one and a quarter, one and a half speed, you know, like that's their that's standard animation delivery. I understand that, but it does make it hard to like kind of keep up if you're trying to take notes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I always like to ask this when we're starting a new show. What are you guys watching it on? I watched the Blu-rays. I watched it on Paramount. Yeah. I have the Blu-ray, but I've watched so far. I've watched this on streaming and historically when I watched it the first time, I watched it streaming on Paramount Plus too. Or I guess CBS All Access when it started. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of funny to me that season three is going to premiere in a few months, and they've not announced a date for the season two Blu-rays. You would think they would do that at the same time. The aesthetics of the show, I remember we talked about this years ago when Mike McMahon, he, he had those, those series of Star Trek Next Generation season eight tweets that kind of turned into that book, Warped, that was so fun. <laughs> Uh, that I I loved so much. I I remember how much it made me laugh. So I was excited when they said he was going to be doing the show. And then um, the aesthetic of this show, this whole next gen thing. You know, what is how, what is this? Ten years, five years after next gen series finale, something like that. Yeah, I believe so. Five years. I thought it was five years, but it could be ten. I think they established twenty three eighty, um, which would be um, yeah, ten ten years after 
yeah, 10 years after Next Gen Wraps or something like that. Right. It wasn't Generations 2370-something. We're losing all our, our Trek nerd cred right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that whole aesthetic, the, the Next Gen aesthetic, it's just... You know, like a warm <laughs> blanket. It's like a puppy or I don't know, whatever the, you know, it's just immediately comforting and home. And I can't help but adore the aesthetic. Even if they do, were just sitting around doing nothing. <laughs> it's like at night, you know, I, I have a, I have that Enterprise D warp core uh, sound that I sleep to. <laughs> Literally, that's, <laughs> that's actually true. But I love it. I love, I love the freaking font yeah. for the title. I love that they show us the actual title of the episode. I've complained about that, you know, with uh, Discovery and Picard. I hate that they dropped that. It was one of the un- unique things about Star Trek that most shows don't do. And so I love that they give us the actual titles over the episode and all that stuff. And then obviously you've got stuff like just L cars and uniforms and all those kinds of things, you know. Do, do, you, guys, do you guys have the same kind of reaction that I have with that stuff? It's clearly... Um in the world of the next gen era and they're specifically trying to you know play off that in pretty much all aspects of the show it's like a uh, not quite a parody it's a it's a really a funny kind of thing but it's a uh, it definitely is in that universe specifically in that in that time period and the aesthetics all appear that way and it is and it is comforting yeah I, I would agree you know it's just it's it's a lot of subtle things that you know that makes you feel comfortable in, into that next gen era. I will say, I mean, the title sequence cracks me up. I, the title sequence, it actually doesn't remind me of Star Trek. It reminds me more of Galaxy Quest. <laughs> I don't know. The music the music is kind of similar to the opening of Galaxy Quest and kind of the, the fumblings of, of the bit <laughs> where the Cerritos slowly turns away from the board <laughs> metal. I That's laugh awesome. out loud every single time. It makes me yeah. want to watch the whole opening every time just so I can see it. It's so funny. <laughs> it's like, uh, maybe not. Let's yeah. get out of here. <laughs> so funny. The design of the ship is so generic. I I love it that too. It's just very a generic design. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not the Federation flagship. It's not the ship you send for first contact. You know? <laughs> Second contact, yeah. But the other, the amazing thing about this show to me is is the tone is that they've they've done this amazing job of threading the needle of like it, it never feels that it, it's a comedy but but it never feels like they're making fun of Star Trek no no they're never making jokes kind of at the expense of Star Trek it's nothing like that so it isn't parody really I mean I guess a tiny bit in the sense that it's much funnier when you're familiar with Star Trek. But I never feel like it's laughing at Star Trek ever. Well, I, and I guess it goes to the point, Lower Decks. I'm like, this is probably, you know, where we see Picard and Riker on the bridge. You know, that's the that's the great A. That's the the, pri- the prime of humanity at that point. And here in Lower Decks, and they're, they're not bad people, but they're kind of goof-offs. And so it's an, extreme, it's an extreme to the other end. But they're still Starfleet, and they still have the same morals. And But, you know, they cut up, and, you know, they're more huge. Maybe more humans, not the best word, but they're more, you know, blue collar, if, if, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. So, so my fear in us talking about this show is that we pretty much just exhausted everything we could talk about. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, those, those, what we just talked about is true for every single episode. And we've now talked about that. So, but we're going to, this is an experiment. We're going to find out. 
so this episode specifically, I think you, the title of this episode is a is a pretty perfect way to start. You know, because like we already talked about, it's like the okay, the B team. It's it's the it's what happens after the fact. It's the okay, oh, the follow up, and then the, the not so interesting parts of things. So it's um, kind of just kind of just playing and i also think that they do a pretty good job here of introducing the main characters because you have such a small amount of time yeah. right and you got to cover all this stuff so yeah man maybe it's a little cliched you introduce the main characters by having a new one of the main characters first come on the ship and everyone has to introduce themselves and so on but um it still works and they squeeze in a plot you know it's all tongue-in-cheek and pretty quick and all that stuff but you we learn a lot about the dynamics of all these characters in these 20 some minutes you know, and and there's a million jokes on top of it. So yeah, I give them a lot of credit. I w- I remember looking forward to this. I was a little bit worried about them doing a comedy. The reason I was looking forward to this because Star Wars had done such a great job with the anime and their animated series, filling in the context of um, the story. And I kind of thought this was a good idea for Star Trek to do to kind of fill us in on different contexts. That you know, it's just not the A team. It's not Picard or Kirk that we're seeing. It's it's you know, so I, I was looking forward to that. And this show is not anything like what you would see in the Star Wars animated. And I, I'm good with that. It, it, I agree with you, Steve. They, they they have this fine line where, you know, they're entertaining you. They're making you laugh. But it's also it is also a serious Star Trek show that is in the canon of of the period that, you know, next gen period. So I think they did a good job with it. You know, and I, I agree. You know, they, the characters are interesting. You know, you have Mariner. That we're going to learn more about down the road, but you know she's the daughter of the captain, and she's had experience, and she's with this new these new kids that are just coming up, and they don't really know who she is. So it gives you an interest. It kind of draws you in to the characters, and I think they did a good job with that. I think they they really cast it well, especially those two leads. Um, is it Ta- Tan- Tandy Newsom and Jack Brayer? Is that right? No, not 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 Jack Brayer. That'd be a very different show. Jack uh, yeah, what? No, uh, Quaid. Mm-hmm. Quaid. Played. Actually, Brayer did do the Jack Brayer guy, Thirty Rod guy. He did do a voice on this show, didn't he? he was the Delta Shield guy, whatever that funny little guy's name. Oh, was. right, right. Mm-hmm. And that's Jack Mc- McBrayer. Anyway, 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 I'll cut all this. Out. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that the voice acting is is really good. Just immediately, I feel like I knew these characters. And some of that's the writing, and some of that is definitely the performances. I think where the parody comes in, you know, they play off the kind of the stereotypes. They're playing off more of the stereotypes of the bridge crew. You know, you have the captain and the doctor. It's kind of more familiar what we'd see. It's, but yeah, that's, I think that's kind of where the parody lies with the, the senior officers. That's the way I kind of took it more. It's only a, you know, 20 some minute show, but we really do get like an A and a B storyline, right? We get the, the Mariner and Boimler together down on the planet story while the, the crew has the, very, you know, obviously, uh, the the very stereotypical problem of the week kind of thing, like we would have seen on Next Gen, just taking to, you know, hyperbolic levels, which is you know the definition of kind of a cartoon. Pretty bold to do your zombie episode first. Yeah. Pretty bold to do yeah your zombie episode first right out right out the gate. Well, another way they establish the characters well early on like this is the two leads and kind of putting them in a situation where you see how different they are, but then the having each other's back thing and encapsulating that right from the get go. So they kind of get past the, the annoying we're at odds part. So they're, you know, they'll have the banter throughout the series and all this kind of stuff, but you don't really, they're not, 
at each other's throats or head to head or having issues. It's kind of like they get that out of their system. So we just kind of experience that. Menu. She has a line in, when they're in that little buggy that looks like it's out of Nemesis. Right? She has a line about she's known him for a year, doesn't she? That I don't remember feeling that. Like when the first time I saw this season of this show, I felt like she, they hadn't been together for long. That was the first time I got. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Recall. I didn't really notice that. <laughs> Just this idea that they, we kind of sleep in the hallway. It's kind of like, <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, it's funny, but it's it's sad. It is it is new. I guess maybe that's just the the second contact ship, or just the super super lower decks, and maybe you would move out of that quickly. I don't know, but that, that's pretty crappy. <laughs> we, we never saw the hallway bunks on um the Enterprise. Mm-mm. <laughs> But from a Navy standpoint, it makes sense, you know, you you know, when you're packing a bunch of people in there, I mean, subs are... All right, what's this episode about? I think that what they were trying to go for is, like, um, never judge a book by its cover or its things aren't aren't as what they appear. And I think where they, you know, there were a number of places they did this, thre- you know, throughout the scene, you know, with Rutherford and the girl that he was um, on a date with. You know, that was very clever, by the way. They're having, you know, a nice, cute moment while the zombies are fighting around them. So you have Rutherford. That's kind of the B story. They're going through the ship, and they look like they're going to be this amazing couple. And by the end of it, it's like, boom, it's over. And with Bulmer and um, Mariner on the planet, you know, he thinks she's doing something nefarious, and she isn't. And then you have the spider creature that sucks him up that you think is going to eat people. So I think they were kind of going for that kind of theme. That's kind of what I took from it. Yeah, I think I think one thing we're going to encounter from time to time on this, like you alluded to, is that there, there's a lot of similarities. There, there's there's one kind of thing they do in these shows, and the you know the tone doesn't change a lot, and so on. So, but I but I would agree that uh, they definitely those themes are touched on here. The um, you know don't don't just don't just assume that some somebody or some somebody's different from you, and that that's they've got to be all, all wrong or whatever, you know, there's a lot to learn from people that are, that are different from you and exploring those situations. But I, as we go, I do think we're going to encounter themes that are more part of what this series kind of brings tonally than necessarily real sophisticated themes per episode. Every time they, <laughs> every time somebody says Mariner's name, I, I picture Waterworld <laughs> every time. <laughs> <laughs> this, you know, I live in LA. I go to Universal Studios. It's like a pass to Universal Studios. I go there all the time. The best thing there is the Waterworld show. It's so great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, Mariner just it makes me think of Costner. The Mariner. Uh, yeah. Let's do six degrees. We're just doing trivia questions today. Uh, Adam? Yes. This was the first time the two Star Trek shows premiered in the same year. What was the other Star Trek show that premiered that same year as this one? Picard? Yes, sir. Now, I know that seemed easy, but imagine a few years from now when somebody listens to this show. That's, gonna, that's probably going to be hard, right? There's 20 different series in the <laughs> last 15 years. All right. Adam has one. Moving on. Envoys, Season 1, Episode 2. Original release date, August 13th, 2020. Directed by Kim Arndt. Written by Chris Kula. Guest cast include Jess Harness as Corin, Nepian Lieutenant and Transdimensional Energy Creature. Tom Kinney as Quimp, Casey and Science Officer Hologram, Carrie Walgren as Anabaj Female, Jessica McKenna as Cerritos Computer and Federation Embassy Officer, Ryan Ridley as Injured Bajoran Ensign, and Paul Shear as Andy Billups. 
Bulmer is assigned to a mission to transport Klingon General Corinne to, to the Federation Embassy on Togogan 4. Mariner has assigned herself to the same mission, revealing that she has old friends with Corinne. The pair drink and reminisce while Bormir flies them to the planet. After they land, a drunken Corin steals the shuttlecraft. While tracking down Corin, Bormir feels he is unprepared for the field work compared to Mariner and threatens to quit Starfleet. After we dump this in storage, let's hit the bar and see if we can get a cute lieutenant to argue with me. Interesting. Why would you want that? I don't know. Getting some uptight hunk all wound up just gets me all... Supplicate yourselves! Ah, what the heck? Whoa, it's one of those transdimensional energy creatures. Behold and tremble at... Ah! Quick, Tendi, grab one of those canisters! Shouldn't we call security? I will destroy you! No, no, we can use this thing for all sorts of cool stuff. Hey, grab the pod! We can figure it out later! He's a sentient creature. Are, are we even allowed to stuff him in something? He's a bad guy! He zaps people! I shall make a feast of your misery! No, wait, don't put me in the pod! I can grab your wishes! And I'm listening. One thing I should have mentioned on the previous episode, uh, the Blu-ray, it has the entire, the animatic for the entire episode of the, of the previous one. It's like an extra feature. That was pretty cool. But then for most of these episodes, they have a little five to seven minute, I mean, it's a little more in depth than EPKE, but you know, something for each episode. The extra bit on this episode was, um, it was really nutty where they, they kind of went through and just said, pointed out all the ridiculous number of aliens that they got that they squeezed into this episode and locations and stuff and just talked about how that's really going for broke to do that in your second episode but they they really felt it was important to do that and and that was fun we didn't we didn't mention that much in the previous episode but you know the, these episodes are just totally totally stocked with little star trek references you know all over the place which you know makes it fun, and it's and there's so many that this was the second time I've seen these things, and there was I'm like I don't remember that one, I don't remember that one, because there's there's so many and they come by so fast, it gives it a lot of fun, kind of rewatchability, and uh, that is just as true in this episode. Adam, kick us off on Envoys. Um, so we jump in here. Um, you know we're learning more about the character Brad Boimler. He's young. Boimler. 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 I'll get that. I'll get that towards the end of this. Boimler. Yep. Um. We learned that he's he's young, he's ambitious, but he's kind of he's not very brave. He's you know, <laughs> um, it's kind. Of, I, I don't know how the best way to describe him without being derogatory, but he's yeah, he, he's ambitious, but he's not a very strong strong person. And then you have a mariner who is exact opposite. She's a very strong person, but she doesn't care about rules and anything like that. And they're both um, unique. Like, like there's a little bit of, I don't know, we talk about Barkley. There's a tiny bit of Barkley in Boimler, but there's way more different things. I mean, you know, just as an example, but th- they're both very unlike another Trek character. For sure. For sure. You know, Boimler, and like, he is... He is so Starfleet regulations, and he wants to do everything by the book. And like I said, Mariner is the exact opposite. And, you know, if this is the first time you're watching this, you're just getting used to this, and, and you're getting used to these characters that are so different from what we've seen in any kind of Star Trek series that they've focused on. Um, and they go on to this, this kind of this wild wild ride with the Klingon General Corin. Um I think Boimler gets stabbed early in the episode with a bat lift. That's the previous one. <laughs> or was that, that, was, that was the previous episode. <laughs> so that's the kind of thing. It's just kind of a wild romp adventure um, with a drunken Klingon. They're going through this this crazy you know town dealing with this, this crazy stuff. So it's a, it's a fun wild ride. And then you do have a B story on the end. Um, Rutherford, he's trying to um, impress um, Tr- Trindle. 
Oh, I forgot her name. I'll get these names. I swear, I swear. But yeah, the, he's trying. You know, switch a job. Tendy. So it's very tendy. Yeah, he's and it's cute. You know, he's trying to switch these jobs, and it's you kind of get this misdirection, and he's like, "Oh, I want to quit to the main engineer," and and they make it all dramatic, and they're like, "Oh, that's great." So there's a lot of there's a little bit of misdirection that I. Then they did that in the first episode, and they and they continued that in this episode. So I enjoyed it. It's fun. It's a it's stereotypical things that we've come to know in Star Trek, and they play off that very well. And I humorous way and the funniest bit in this episode to me when when i think it's the xo is giving rutherford the holodeck bridge command <laughs> test and they say like the kindergarten a decade is gone yeah. and, and the it's the graphic on this, the little graphic on the screen shows all these little dots floating away from the <laughs> the, the blueprint of the ship <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Well, the line, well, the line is like, "This has never happened in any simulation before." Yeah. <laughs> Steve, your your first thoughts? Again, they're playing off of these polar opposite type characters, and it's uh, and yeah, we've seen this kind of thing, but the the combination of uh, personality traits and actions are, are quite are a little different, you know, than what we've seen before. And uh, yeah, the the I think I think basically when this works well is when you have essentially these little they're almost like vignettes they almost feel like what you would see in like uh you know one real silent films and stories but you intercut them together and then throw in under the, the kind of the foundation of the whole thing is the this parody off this world that we all know and and it's even the more fun it is like you said is is the, is the more you know about trek the more fun it is to watch these things. I mean, I probably laugh 10 times as much as my wife does watching these. She's watching <laughs> them with me, but you know, it, 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 it comes, you know, 90 to nothing, these jokes, and you really got to know your stuff. But yeah, the, the some of this stuff like the, which means the writers have to know their stuff times 10. Right. right. That's it's really right. amazing. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, and, and, you know, and it's not, it's rare that the jokes though are the found are the, are the part of the episode. That's the, core of it right i mean it's still about these people and their interactions and their relationships and that's why it still works because you know sure they they ride with the klingon who's drunk on you know and they are crashing and he's crazy and all that but that that's that's not the point really it's not like that's the only thing if there were no stories about these people and these characters and and so on then it would just be a bunch of jokes and that's fine but you wouldn't really have a series out of that yeah, you know i mean it's it's the core is exaggeration i mean the, the source yeah. of the humor is exaggeration which is a pretty standard thing but somehow i mean it it feels like they are trying to say well this is still actual star trek in canon mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like they're going yeah outside that no which is which is something which is fascinating because we've seen obviously up until this series we've seen a whole lot of different tones in Star Trek series or in movies and different aesthetics where you just accept that there's a completely different look from a uh, Star Trek film from the early 80s compared to a series in the early 90s followed by you know 10 years later or whatever else you just accept that but here it's a different kind of thing that we have to accept and i think they do it they pull it off and that's a just a different tone and a different way people talk and a different world in which how light people live and so on but that's kind of reality too you know we all live in this world where we're all on the same planet but there's very different tones and themes and and so on so you know i, I think i think as long as you have this kind of thing where you're telling stories about people and their interactions and making it through life and that's the focus you do okay and in that sense some of these are more successful than uh, plenty of you know live action episodes that drag out and just kind of 
or special effects heavy or whatever else and don't really have a point. I wanted to go back to the first episode, how they did a good job just kind of setting up what the series was going to be. Okay, you have a zombie apocalypse aboard a ship. There's a literal romance going on. You know, so there's these crazy... Not crazy is the right word. There are these things that you don't haven't seen in Star Trek before, and they continue on that. You know, one of the things I was thinking about with this episode: could I see any two other characters running through town chasing a Klingon? Could you see? Could I see Jordy and Data in this episode, or or any other characters? And I'm like, no. I mean, it's so it's it's not only unique to Star Trek; it's unique to these characters because I don't think you could, you know, and sometimes you could take Voyager characters and throw them into. Deep Space Nine or, or, or vice versa. You could see different characters. But I can't see any two characters from any Star Trek show in this up ep- doing this episode. And and that's what that's what's kind of, that's what's unique about this show and, and make and they do a good good job with it. Is this the episode where she's kinda of like dreaming and, and talking about there's lines from Star Trek Two. I think is that was the previous episode? Where Mariner's like falling asleep or she's kind of waking up and she's got she got con lines from Star Trek 2. Anyway, which I think that, that I thought that was that was this one and you could see like the bottom of her shoe and there's like a delta shield on in the bottom of her shoe and I don't know why that was like the funniest detail to me. <laughs> it's just it's just it's just so stacked start to finish and, and visually and, and the aliens, I mean there was the bird dude from the animated series. I saw him in there. Yeah, so they did the same kind of thing, you know, we had that we had the A and the B storylines. Again, they, uh, Boimler and Mariner versus uh, something going on on the ship. And in this case, it was the Rutherford stuff. But I, I like his relationship with Tandy. That's kind of fun. And, and the way it ends is, is, is satisfying. She's she's watching the little solar thing on her pad. All right. I'm going to consciously try to limit our, the length of our discussions on these things because these are half as long. <laughs> <laughs> what is this episode about? The, what I took from this is a theme that we've seen from a lot of Star Trek. It's about... Teamwork. I mean, not not teamwork, but learning to trust the person you're next to. Um, in Boimler's and Mariner's case, you know, she kind of got him in this mess, but by the end of it, she kind of felt sorry for him and got him back on track and got his built his confidence back up. And and that's what teammates or that's what friends do. Now, obviously, he was ripping her a new one at the very end of the show, taking credit for everything like that. But she didn't take it personally. She she it really is his a mentor. And that's kind of how it's set up like this. Um, and that's kind of, that's what I took from this. Um, I, the uh, Rutherford stuff, I, I don't know how that relays into it. It's fun. It's fun watching him. Go, it was fun watching him to go to different departments and that and doing that thing. But I don't, I couldn't really tell you how it relates to the A story in this episode. But like Steve said, we're probably going to run into that a little bit more often. Just because it's what, 24 minutes they got to do this in. And I think one thing is interesting is that, you know, at some point, uh, Boimler, you know, all that studying and where did it get me? And he's self-conscious, right? Because it's like, I, 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 I prepare, I prepare, and then there's somebody who just seemingly can, without effort, you know, just does everything right or gets us out of these situations, you know. But then, you know, I, I, think, I think the commonality, maybe the common thread in this episode is you also have Rutherford finding himself, you know. I mean, obviously, it's about trying to impress someone to an extent, but it's like, okay, maybe things aren't the best for me. Maybe I need to find something else. So it's, it's kind of this notion of uh, finding your place, you know, um, I, I might, do I have to be the best of this or the perfectly happy or everything's always great? Or do I kind of find my role in, in the grand scheme of things? And I think it's interesting too. I, mean, I think one of the reasons why we're running into, do we really have are we talking about this half as long as some of the other episodes is that it is so fast. I mean, it sounds kind of dumb, but in a way 
they it all moves so quickly and they pack it all in that it you know <laughs> you could imagine all this going on without all the comedy maybe and taking 40 minutes <laughs> with a live action show or something so i don't know if it's that much shorter honestly i wonder you know normally it's a, a minute per page of screen time but i i'll bet these scripts are more than 24 pages right. i'll bet they're way more yeah. than 24 pages and so far they feel a lot more organized than past shows that we've spoken about <laughs> <laughs> well i mean they're not very serialized they're they're True. they're not like totally bottles either but mm-hmm. yeah all right let's do six degrees for envoys steve mm. among many others we see a member of Morn's species. Name that species. Oh, God. I finally yeah. asked a hard question. Woo! Yeah, I knew this at one time. And I'll know when I hear it. Uh, you when know I what? It... <laughs> it's funny that over the years, because we've been doing this so many years, and the same things seem to pique my interest or whatever, that I've, without realizing it, I've asked the same question twice. And mm-hmm. as I was about to give you a hint, <laughs> I thought, I think I've asked this before. <laughs> You're probably giving them the same hint. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're, they're almost a race of listeners, but not quite. Oh. Um, yeah, I know where you're going, but it's just not coming. It's um, too late, too tired. I'm sorry. <laughs> Adam, you, know, you got it? Uh, I do not. I could make something up, but it would be completely wrong. Lorian, L-U-R-I-A-N. Ah, okay. ah so you just pull the Lorian. I was, I was going to call them the mm-hmm. Morians. So. <laughs> <laughs> the the mornings. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we've now started lower decks. Look at that. I think we'll be able to do this. Yeah. We'll get faster and then not listeners. We had to record extreme extraordinarily late this week. That's why we all sound tired. It was either that or skip the week. So <laughs> sorry about that. You'll get our A game next time, I promise. But um yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to watching the show again. It's um like I said, it's it's so it's got so much stuff in it that it it makes rewatching it fun. All right, so we're gonna limit our post episode chatter a little bit today, and we're just gonna go ahead and wrap it up now. So thank you for spending probably thirty to forty minutes with us. We'll see when I edit this. But you can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail dot com. Our Twitter handle is at trekcompanion. Until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. I passed it.